Psalms, the 84th chapter, verse number 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Amen. You can set your Bibles down tonight. Let's go to prayer. Mighty God, I pray that you would help us tonight in this place, that you would speak into every heart, every soul, and every mind. I pray, God, that you would minister to the depths of our soul and help us tonight, Jesus. In your mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. When you look at the four Gospels that we have in our Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as we call them, the Gospels, you see that the Gospel of John is unique among the four Gospels. Matthew starts with a genealogy, Mark and Luke, with the ministry of John the Baptist, but it's John who Right, some 60 years after the birth of the New Testament church. And he starts with, in the beginning, the Word. And the Word was with God. Or in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And it's from this opening sentence that we can kind of find John being on this mission to prove that Jesus Christ is exactly who he said that he was, that he was the true and only God in flesh, the great God of heaven, the invisible God, the God, a spirit, robed in flesh. And it's possible that that is why John is the only gospel writer who intentionally records what some call the I am statements of Jesus, where he said, I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, I am the door, I am the good shepherd, I am the resurrection and the life, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if we're not careful when we study Scripture, it can... Uh, we can easily overlook these I am statements of Jesus and discount them. But these I am statements here are linked to Moses and the Exodus account where we find Moses having this conversation with God where God is is sending Moses to Egypt to deliver the Israelites. And it's Moses who questions God. Who, who do I tell them that, that, that it is that has sent me? Who, who do I tell them? What is your name? And it's God that replies, I am. Tell them I am sent you. I am that I am. And these are... Uh, what is, this is what is linked to Jesus in the New Testament where he is saying... I am. It's not that he's just arbitrarily saying these things, but he is saying that I I am the God of heaven. 
that I am the God that that has come, the one that you have been seeking and looking for for hundreds, even thousands of years. I am that one. And some theologians and even some denominations have missed this uh, vital truth that that Jesus was saying, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. If you believe not that I am, you shall die in your sins. And when you have lifted up the Son of Man, you shall know that I am. He spoke his name, his rightful name, at a well and a nameless woman's life was changed forever. He spoke his name during a storm and a disciple named Peter was empowered to walk on the raging water, the raging waves that were. It was him that he spoke his name in a garden at midnight. An entire uh, battalion of soldiers fell to the ground. It was this great I am, it was Jesus, it was the great I am, the the God of heaven that was robed in flesh, the one that possesses all power and and all majesty, it was Jesus Christ that that was that, that visible manifestation of the invisible God, and it's from the opening lines of his gospel that John shows us that he is on this mission. And we find that when we read John, it's this gospel, and it culminates with this inspired revelation of what his his nickname has become Doubting Thomas, but it's this revelation that he gets in John, the 20th chapter, and it's here that Thomas realizes the significance of, of a wound in the body of a living man, a mortal wound in this, in this flesh. And it's then and there when he sees that wound that, that he exclaims aloud, My Lord and my God, because he got the revelation of who this man was. He got the revelation that this was indeed the visible manifestation of Almighty God Himself, my Lord and my God. And then it's John that concludes his gospel with this statement. In many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing you might have life through his name. And that is how... John the 20th chapter ends and then we pick up in chapter 21 and it reads mostly like a a postscript and it's adding the account of just one event, one more event that John had to tell us about but we question what is it that could be so, so important that John John saw fit that I've got to tell you one more thing. And, and what is it that could be so crucial 
that could come after such a powerful uh, conclusion. Everything had led up to, to this revelation of Thomas. My Lord and my God. It was, it was there that he had received what John was trying to convey to his audience. That, that Jesus really is who he says that he is. That he truly is that visible manifestation. That he truly is that great I am. And we find in John, the 21st chapter, that, that he records this account. And this is what John tells us. That after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. Now this is after Jesus' crucifixion. And, and he has risen from the grave. And now he is beginning to appear to, to various people and, and crowds of individuals. And it's here that Jesus shows himself again to his disciples. And John says, on this wise showed he himself. And there were together Simon, Peter, and Thomas called Didymus and Nathanael of Cana and Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said unto, unto them, I go a fishing. And they said unto him, We also go with thee. And they went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have you any meat? And they answered, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and you shall find. And they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fishes. Can we place ourselves into this story tonight? This one final story that John saw fit to tell his audience about. You find these disciples here where they had been fishing all night long, but they had caught absolutely nothing. It was there that they had been in the ship all night. I don't know how many people in here have worked the night shift before. I've worked it many, 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 many times. Many times. And working the night shift is not very fun. And you that have worked it before can relate that it is not very enjoyable. But it becomes all the more enjoyable when you feel like that you have put your hands to something and tried to do something productive, whatever your task was that, that your boss gave you, whatever it is that you were trying to accomplish. I've been there and done that before where we toiled all the night long trying to accomplish something and it just could not be done. The, the, the weariness became even greater. The tiredness, the fatigue, it became even greater. You felt more beat up. You felt more defeated. You felt uh, even heavier, weightier. The weights pressing upon you and you were just counting down the minutes, the seconds, until the time was up and the sun was going to come up and you could just go home knowing that 
well, I didn't get it done tonight. And some of you might can relate if you've worked the night shift. These disciples had worked the night shift on their ship, casting that net over and over and over again, trying to catch a fish. Now, I know Elder Phillips is a fisherman. And I know Pastor Phillips has fished before. (laughs) And you know what it's like, Elder Phillips, when you go out there with intentions of of catching a, a good crop of fish, hauling in a good mess of fish, as they say. The, the weather is just right. The temperature is just right. The, the water is just right. It seems like all of the conditions are just right, but yet you cast that line over and over and over again, and you don't get any bites. Well, I know if I'll just move over there by that tree, that's where the fish are at. And you cast your, your, your line out in the water over there by that tree. And you cast it over and over and over again. And there's no fish to be had. Well, I know if I go over there, there's a rock bed over there. And maybe I'll just drag that that lure across that rock bed and I'll catch a fish. And you try it over and over and over again. And there's no fish that, that comes in. You try it again and again and again. And you just keep getting the same result over and over again. Now you imagine doing that, achieving those results at midnight, at 1 o'clock in the morning, at 2 o'clock in the morning, at 3 o'clock in the morning, at 4 o'clock in the morning. How disheartening it is. The, the, the greater the, 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 the condition gets, the, the heavier it can be, the, the more weary you feel at, at throwing your net, at trying to, to catch a fish, at trying to draw something in when it's done at the dead of night. And this is where we find the disciples. It's here that, that, that we, we find them where they've tried it over and over and over again. Maybe their, their arms were beginning to get tired. Maybe they were beginning to get weary. Maybe there were some that were mumbling and grumbling. Let's just pack it in and, and go go back home. Let's just row into the shore. Tonight's just not our night. Now is just not a good time to catch a fish. And maybe there was someone else that said, well, let's just give it one more cast. Let's just give it one more throw. Maybe we just need to, to go row over in that area of the water and, and let our net down over there. Maybe we need to go over there by that tree and try it one more time. And maybe there was someone else that was there on that boat and said, well, we've already been over there and we've already done that and we've already tried this and we've already tried that and we keep dragging our nets in and they're empty. We keep gathering our nets into the boat and they're just empty. And now we find that Jesus calls to them from the shore and he asked them this question that would probably irritate any of us had we been trying to catch a fish all night and our nets were empty and Jesus asked them are you catching anything have you caught anything is it working what you've been doing as it has it worked out for you and maybe reluctantly it's here that they admit 
their failure. No, it hasn't worked. No, I haven't caught a fish. No, my nets are still empty. No, there's no fish in the boat. No, there's no fish for us to eat. No, there's no fish for us to go sell. The answer is just no. It hasn't worked. It hasn't worked out. The nets still remain empty. And then we we see that Jesus gives them what seems like an possibly a even more irritating command. Elder Phillips, why don't you just go try by that, that bush? Why don't you go try by, by that, that stump? Why don't you go try by that log over there? Just, just go over there and give it one more try. Well, I've been fishing all day long. I've, I'm sunburned. I'm thirsty. I'm, I'm tired. That's probably the things that would come to our mind. I'm just going to pack it in. Today is just not my day. But, but Jesus pushes them and, and provokes them. It's possible that they were wind chapped from the wind coming off, off the sea. There's, they're, they're tired. They're wiping their eyes. And it's here that, that Jesus meets them and says, Well, why don't you just go and cast your nets on the right side of the boat. Why don't you cast your nets, let your nets down one more time? Why don't you just give it one more time? Can you imagine the humanity that must have risen up within them, the, the human thoughts, the feelings, the emotions? Well, well, we've never done it that way before, casting our nets on that side of the boat. Well, no respectable fishermen cast their nets that way. Maybe they said to themselves or aloud, we've tried that before. We've been doing it all night long and it didn't work. Maybe maybe they thought to themselves or said aloud, it's it's just a little too radical or or if only it were were that easy. If only it would work out that easy or or let me tell you why it can't be done that way you're telling me to go cast my net on the other side but let me tell you why it can't be done that way or maybe maybe we're just not comfortable with doing it that way or or maybe what you're suggesting just just isn't going to work out but but no it was Jesus that said why don't you take your nets and cast them on the right side of the boat. Cast it on the other side. Just let them down one more time. And maybe it was out of some desperation, some great desire, some hunger for fish that caused them, that pushed them, that compelled them to act upon Jesus' command. And they tried it one more time. It may have been with reluctance, but... It was then and there that they cast their nets one more time. And it's here that we find the miracle where they caught more fish than they had before. Their nets were so full that they could barely bring them in because they acted upon the Word of God, because they acted upon the command of God, because they let their nets down one more time. And we can relate to this because we too can admit to ourselves that sometimes our greatest frustration can be when we try something over and over again, hoping for a different outcome, hoping uh, for a different result, and it seems like we keep receiving the same answer. It seems like we keep receiving the same response. It seems like we keep finding the same 
uh, obstacle behind the door. We keep opening the door and there it is and there it is and there it is. Or we keep hearing no, we keep hearing no, we keep hearing no. And, and maybe we, we find ourselves in this per- perpetual cycle that the disciples found themselves in where we're casting and pulling in and hoping for something different. We're casting and hoping to pull something in that is different and it's over and over with this motion of throwing and pulling and it's empty. Throwing and pulling and it's empty. Throwing and gathering and it's empty. Throwing and gathering and it's empty. But there was one day, one moment in time, one word of God that said, why don't you just try it one more time? Why don't you cast your nets just one more time? I know that this is the first Wednesday evening of the new year, and I don't know what all we experienced individually in our life in 2021. It's possible that 2021 was a year of loss for some and you you cast your net in 2021 and when you pulled it in it was full of loss and you cast it again and you pulled it in and it was full of loss and you cast it again and you pulled it in and it was full of loss but I want to encourage someone tonight that if you can believe and have faith in God that that what we've got to do is decide and make up in our mind that in 20 22 I'm not going to stop casting my net but I'm going to cast it just one more time and believe that when I gather it in that it can be full that it can be a net full of gain for me maybe 2021 you found your net was full of pain and you cast that net and you gathered it in and it was full of pain you cast that net and you pulled it in and it was full of pain you cast it again and it was full of pain but what I want to tell somebody tonight is in 2022 cast your net one more time cast it one more time and have faith that you can that you can pull it in and it can be full of healing and restoration that that it don't have to be full of pain but it can be full of what you're seeking and hoping and believing for it's possible that your net when you gathered it in when you drew it in it was full of barrenness you weren't expecting barrenness you weren't expecting barren fields that weren't producing any fruit any life any any growth and you cast that net and when you drew it in it was full of barrenness of emptiness Uh, but what I'm telling you tonight is if you can muster up the faith uh, and the strength and believe in God uh, and cast your net one more time that I believe uh, that your net can be full of harvest I believe uh, that we serve the great I am that same I am uh, that told the disciples why don't you go out there and cast one more time because you might just possibly find what what you've been looking for is going to be in your net and if I can echo and insert that word into somebody's spirit tonight whether you're here in person or watching online or maybe even injected into the spirit of the church that if you can just muster up the faith to let your nets down one more time maybe we feel like our net we cast it out and drew it in and it was full of stagnation where things were just mundane where it seemed like we were 
were just stuck in the cycle where it seemed like uh, we were stuck in a rut full of mud and our wheels were spinning uh, and we could not gain any traction throwing that net over and over again and drawing it in full uh, of stagnation but what I'm saying is uh, we can muster up the faith and believe uh, if I can let my net down one more time if I can cast my net on the other side of the boat it's just quite possible that this time I can bring it in and it'll be full of growth full of growth because the great I am the God of heaven the God of earth he's the one that can turn the page he's the one that can create a new story he's the one that can bring us in to a new season it's him and Him alone that can empower us and give us the strength to, come on to go out one more time and cast our net and believe that what we're seeking for can be found. What we're, what we're looking to draw into our boat, into our ship. Come on, what we're, what we're looking for, what we're seeking for can be found in our net. I hasten to a close, but I bring us back to our opening scripture verse, Psalms 84 and 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. I remember just a short few weeks ago, it was on a Wednesday evening, and we were running late for whatever reason, getting ready, and Jennifer went by Chick-fil-A and picked up Chick-fil-A and brought it home. And uh, she said, this is what we're going to eat for dinner. And uh, so I was running a little bit late, so I decided that I was going to save my chicken sandwich for after church. And I was going to have the whole service to look forward to that cold Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich at the house. But I had honey mustard to go on it. And so that makes it a little bit better. And so... As we were getting dressed, and Jennifer had already eaten, and Olivia had already eaten, supposedly she had already eaten, she began to uh, ask me if she could have that chicken sandwich. She said, I want a chicken sandwich. And I thought, man, that's going to be a problem because we only got one chicken sandwich and two of us want it. And she kept on asking and asking and asking. And then her asking turned into crying and so here my little girl is standing in our kitchen with tears just pouring down her face that she wanted a chicken sandwich and we only had one and you can imagine what was happening to my heart you can imagine what was going on inside of me the dilemma do I give it to her do I not give it to her do I give it to her do I not give it to her it really wasn't that hard of a choice because when your sweet little three-year-old girl is crying with big crocodile tears wanting something what do you do you give it to her and so I gave her my chicken sandwich I opened it up and put it out on the table and I said here you go baby you can have it and so I went into the other room and I finished getting dressed and, and we left and went to church. And when we came back, I thought, man, I'm hungry. What am I going to eat? And so I looked and I seen that Chick-fil-A wrapper. And I said, man, it looks like a sandwich is still in there. And I'm thinking that she's already eaten this sandwich. And I pull it out and there was 
one little set of teeth marks on the very edge of that sandwich. And she took one little bite, and that was enough to satisfy her. And I just grinned. You know, I couldn't help but grin that seeing her little teeth marks in that. So we both got the chicken sandwich. But I realized that there is nothing that I'm going to withhold from her. That if it's in my ability to give it to her, that that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give it to her. And this morning I was riding into work and I was thinking and meditating and praying upon this service. And I was thinking about our service on Sunday and what we had felt, the power of God being so strong here in our service. And and this was the scripture verse that was placed in my heart and, and in my mind where the Lord says, no good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. God's word telling us that there is nothing. The writer here in Psalms letting us know that there is nothing that He will withhold from them uprightly. And my mind went back to just a few weeks ago when I was looking at my little girl saying that there's nothing that I'm going to withhold from her because my love and my affection is so great for her that if there's something that she has great desire for, something she has great need of, and I have the ability to give it to her, I'm not going to withhold it from her, but I'm going to give it to her. And what I'm saying tonight is that there is a great God of heaven that loves each and every one of us. And it's James that says that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and it comes down from the Father of lights and it's that heavenly Father who has us in His hands and there is nothing that He's going to withhold from them that walk uprightly. It's the upright that is that is morally uh, pursuing God. It's, it's, it's the upright that is faithful to, to righteousness. It's the, the upright that's faithful to God's presence precepts. It's, it's the upright that's faithful for, for living for God and their relationship with God. And I know that on this Wednesday evening I'm preaching to the faithful saints and those that live and walk your life upright. And what I'm saying is, is no matter what our, our net may have brought in or not brought in in 2021 that that we just need to to usher up enough faith and understanding that that God is not going to withhold those things that that we have need of and what we've been praying for from us but if we can if we can just one more time usher up the strength the faith the belief uh, to let our nets down one more time that I just believe that somebody's nets gonna come on bring back a return of something different you're going to get a different result, a different answer that, that a door is going to open that you need to be open, that some things are going to be unlocked, some things are going to be unloosed if you can just let your net down one more time. Because there's nothing that God will withhold from those that, that live and walk uprightly. Stand with me tonight. It was Sunday morning that I begin to walk around the sanctuary and sometimes you wonder why I walk around the back and that's because I can't stand still. And so I, I don't want to walk around up here. <laughs> I, 
I, I don't want to walk around up here and be a distraction, so sometimes I'll just walk around the back. But as I was doing that, Brother Phillips, I, I was praying and I was, I, was, I was feeling the Spirit of God like we all were in this service. And, and my, I began to, to look at Brother Hayes, and, and I certainly don't want to share anything that's not supposed to be shared, but I think he's shared it with most of us. But, but he's, he's, he's reaching and seeking to do this uh, truck driving thing is what what is what he's seeking after. And when I begin to look at Brother Hayes, I begin to think about a man who has remained faithful through many different situations and circumstances, remained faithful to church, remained faithful to his family, remained faithful to his relationship with God. He's remained faithful in his giving. And I begin to think. Brother Phillips, if anybody's going to be a blessed truck driver, why shouldn't it be Brother Hayes? And if anybody's going to own a fleet of trucks, why shouldn't it be Brother Hayes? If anybody's going to be a successful businessman, why shouldn't it be Brother Hayes? And in my spirit, I begin to think and feel and hear the words, why not us and why not here? And then I begin to direct it to me individually. Why not me and why not now? Sometimes we get caught up in the cycle of life and we, we buy into disbelief and self-doubt and discouragement because our nets have been empty so many times or they've been full of, of, of seaweed and, and, and seashells and everything else but what we were hoping to drag in to our boat and it affects our mind, our thinking and our mentality but, but God's really been dealing with me. Why not you? And why not now? And why not us? And why not here? If anybody is going to be blessed, why shouldn't you be blessed? If anybody's prayers are going to be answered, why shouldn't it be your prayers? If God's going to touch anybody's life, why shouldn't it be your life? If God's going to send revival to any church, why shouldn't it be this church? It's to those that have walked upright, to those that have remained faithful, to those that have been steadfast and kept their eyes fastened upon Him when others have faded and walked away and given up and, and, and turned in their relationship card with God, if you will. There's a group of people that have remained faithful. There are some believers that have remained faithful. There, there are some saints of God that have remained faithful. And, 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 and if anybody is going to be blessed, it might as well be you. If anybody's going to be touched of God, it might as well be you. Come on, if any church is going to feel the power of God, it might as well be this church. If any, if any church, if any congregation is going to experience the miracles of God, it might as well be this local assembly. If any, if any, if any congregation of believers is going to be used to propagate the, the gospel of Jesus Christ in this community, it, ought, it might as well be this congregation because... You, you, you have remained upright. And I want to encourage somebody tonight to let your net down in 2022 one more time. Give God one more opportunity. Give God one more chance. Pray the prayer one more time. Testify one more time. Reach one more time. Seek one more time. Forgive one more time. Let your nets down one more time. And watch God. Watch God do the miraculous and fill them up.